Love and Watches is a family-friendly podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team who've been wearing and collecting watches for more than 45 years. They enjoy bringing you the latest in collecting, interviews, news, and all things interesting in the world of watches. Enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. And you guys are listening to the Love and Watches podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're actually coming to you from uh, a smoke-free, mostly smoke-free, um, Auburn. Un- and under a, hundred, under a hundred under a degrees. Oh my gosh, I cannot, I mean. It's been nice. I lost track of how many weeks we had of living in smoke, and it's really nice the last few days to uh, not have any. So we're, uh, we've been able to enjoy it outside, and today's cooler, so. Very nice. Yeah, so got some some stuff going on in the watch world this we do. week, huh? We do, and I, my favorite <laughs> it, it term the, it broke the internet. <laughs> the favorite thing I've heard was from Rob, our friend Rob Kaplan, at Topper in Burlingame, our yeah. old hometown. Um, he calls it Snoopocalypse. Yes, uh, with the was, new Omega. That is a Rob Kaplan s- coined term. <laughs> silver Speedy, um, Silver Snoopy Speedy, and. It's, 50th anniversary. It, it is amazing. And I'd have to say, if that's a grail watch for me personally, that's probably the one since my very first watch was, was Snoopy. Uh, probably late 60s production. But I purchased it. It was purchased in 1973. My mom bought it for me from Woolworth's uh, drugstore when it still had the can- the food counter. You could walk up and have a piece of pie and a cup of coffee. And that's that was my first watch. Was that was a, in San Carlos, right? Yes. Yeah. A blue Snoopy. So... Which you still have Which I still have. Uh I actually have three because I have some for parts, spare parts. And (laughs) so that's pretty exciting, especially everyone knows all about the watch pretty much, but it's very special with the case back, the way they're Mm -hmm. moving parts shown through the case back. And it's it's amazing. It's Yeah, I I will have to... It's a speedy. Yeah, and I got to say, I was not holding out a lot of hope because you just never know. And... I will, I got to say it, Omega has kind of, again, outdone themselves. Well, outdone themselves, but they've, they've messed it up on the release. I mean, it's, I I don't know why they just can't figure out how to get a a watch released in a good, in a a, kind of a step-by-step fashion where people know when it's coming out. They know, you know, it's, it's been crazy. And that's kind of why Rob called it Snoopocalypse. It's just been so nuts in terms of everyone you know, wanting to be in on it on the ground floor. It was, and, it was a pretty sudden release. And well, it, it, I, don't, I, I don't think there was a whole lot of embargoes being broken with people uh, no, leaking think, it. I don't think so. And, it, but I have to say, I, I was, I was completely wrong. I mean, it is so impressive. I, I liked, I really liked the second one that they did five years ago. Uh, the white dial with, you know, Snoopy in the, in the nine o'clock sub dial. But wow. I mean, I, I love blue. And it's got the blue accents and the bezel, and that case back is just amazing with the the Earth spinning and Snoopy coming over the mm-hmm. the moon in his in his CSM. I mean, it just they really really knocked it out of the park. Uh, and I, it's not a limited edition, but it'll be limited production, and obviously the demand. You know, you, you saw a lot of people posting that I it was know. the day that Omega broke the broke the internet, right? It's just so <laughs> the fifth was so crazy uh, with everyone going nuts over this thing, but it really is. They they really did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I'm excited. Phenomenal. I, yeah. Oh, that's that's a 
that's a wish list for a long, long time. Good luck with that. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's... But I've been wearing all my Snoopies all week. To um, I think yeah. I have a total of six watches with Snoopy on it. So I've Including posted... your most accurate watch in our entire collection, <laughs> the $80 Invicta with I the Seiko movement. The NH35A. Incredibly Plus accurate. or minus less than one second a day the last time I checked. So yeah, and it was just impressive. Bucks. So it Incredible. just goes to show you, you can, you can get some, you can get lucky. You can get some good accuracy. Yeah, if for you're sure. lucky. I think that for was sure. luck with that. Oh, one. that was full on luck. So, but, but <laughs> yes. So, so that was so that. That was, that was the big news for uh, for this. I don't think there was really anything else. It was. There's it was, always something on 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 Watchville when I go to uh, set my watches if I yeah, need to. Yeah, we don't really cover most plenty of that. There's plenty of media showing news, so yeah. everyone sees it. But we had to talk about this. We, we I mean, did, it's, just because it's, it's personal to event. us. And it's a huge event. I mean, my it's... most favorite cartoon character ever. So yeah. it's, it's Neat exciting. Watch. Neat watch. I can't wait to see one. I know um, I know, some of the guys in our, our local group had put deposits down, so hopefully they'll get theirs. And I would just love to see it in the middle. It's going to be amazing. And love that they... That they uh, put a coaxial movement in it and it's a stainless steel watch and, and it's, it's still thin because it's yep yep still thin yep so really and it's a it's a manual wine mm -hmm. coaxial no rotor so, so it'll yeah. be wearable by it'll be definitely wearable by a lot of people a lot of different wrist sizes which is something yeah. where we always talk about on this show because we between the you and i we span very small wrist to very large wrist which yeah. makes that kind of fun so and it's one of the few 42 millimeter pieces that you're able to wear that because of the lug shapes and all that mm -hmm. stuff you wear my professional and it the lugs don't really they don't hang over the edge looks great on the we bought a new white uh like a kind of like a kind new, of a rally yeah like a nylon uh that just looks fantastic on it so yeah so we're looking forward to seeing that one when when they start rolling into dealers so so that's it for the news. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you. We have a very special show today. We do. And, and you're going to introduce it. We're not going to go too much more into any other details, but we did mention our friend Rob over at Topper in Burlingame. And uh, Ranch Racer and I, we were born and or raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we now live about, I don't know, a couple hours from, from the peninsula. So... Um, You've been going to events there for what three years or three or four so. years? I mean, so, yeah, I've been going to them for a while. And you've, and we've been talking about trying to do a, either a live podcast from there, but just our timing has not been good, and traffic is horrendous all the time. So it's just been kind of a balancing act. But somehow the planets have aligned, <laughs> and Rob actually approached us on doing a podcast yep. to release when this podcast actually drops on Friday morning, tomorrow morning, because mm -hmm. we're doing this right before, mm -hmm. um, there will be a new release that they are working on. They've already talked about it on their website, on Topper website. There's been some teases There's out been there. There's been little teases, but, um, and I don't want to tell you about it until we get to Rob explaining it, but he approached us to uh, have the podcast with him to introduce it. So we're, yeah. we're really honored that he was you know, that he did reach out to us to do that. And it, we, we are going to have a lot of fun because we're all from the area. We, sh you know, all have our own stories about it. So it's something that's close to our hearts, the topic. And 
if you've been watching, you know, anything having to do with releases Friday with Topper, you'll know that it does have something to do with Oris. So mm-hmm. we will let Rob tell us about that. But we're it was it was so much fun talking to him and um It really was. And he's you know, he's a Bay Area guy, so we, we had so much to talk about, uh, especially around this release. There's some really special stuff uh involved with this release. Um Aside if you're, from it being yeah, a, an Oris. If you live in the Bay or you grew up there, you'll 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 get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you'll get it. Yeah. And it, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And Rob's just such a good guy. I always enjoy talking to him. And we're always texting back and forth on something. And we're Watch Brothers. We both have uh, the uh, the Grand Seiko, Grand Seiko? SBGA mm-hmm. 387 Carissary dial, which is what I'm wearing today. Um and you're wearing your Oris today. I'm wearing my, and I, I, we do a wrist check on the show with Rob, a really brief one, but I'm wearing my recently uh, acquired Oris Aquas with the white ceramic uh, bezel. And it's yep. the 30, it's almost a 37 millimeter um, yep. diameter. And it's the, it's based on a SW200, I believe, movement. So they call that the Oris 733. This watch also comes in a 43 millimeter, I believe, mm-hmm. in the white. So they kind of call this one the ladies, but it's, you know. It's for anyone that wants could, a smaller dive watch. Exactly. You know, it's a great size. And I wear it a, a lot. Wrist. I wear it a lot. It's really, it's really pretty and waterproof. I trust it. So it's one of my more worn watches. Yeah. And we, we've bought a few watches from, from Rob. And these are two of them that we've, two of the nicer pieces that we've bought from him. I, I bought one or two Casios, I think, and some other stuff. But, but uh, yeah, so we thought these would be good watches to wear uh, for this podcast. So anything else you want to say about the release or Let's anything? Stop. Or should we just nope, let we're Rob... we're going to let Rob tell us all about it. And there's going to be plenty, plenty out there once the embargo's done in the morning. You're going to be flooded with press photos so um, yeah you guys you'll already have, know you'll probably have already seen the watch because this is uh this podcast will be hitting the uh the internet within a couple of minutes probably or a few minutes of, of when toppers post their announcements so yeah so hopefully you guys will enjoy it you get to hear the whole skinny on how this all came to be and and the partnerships involved and it was just it's really a great story and again it's just always fun talking to rob so uh yeah with that Let's go. Let's go chat with Rob. All right. Cool. All right. Here you guys go. This is uh, our chat with Rob Kaplan from Topper Jewelers. Enjoy. All right, and here we are with our friend Rob Kaplan from Topper Jewelers. Rob, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We we've been talking about this for years, so it's it's great to actually finally get it done. We we know you've been on some other podcasts, but. Uh, known you for a while and it's fantastic to have you on the show and uh got some really cool things to talk about today so for well, our... i feel like it's it's destiny that we've waited until this moment because i think this will be a totally like cool different um exchange than we would have had talking about you know anything else and what we have to talk about i i, I agree couldn't and agree more so yeah i'm really excited yeah no the timing's perfect so i i know I'm going to assume that a lot of our listeners have heard of Topper Jewelers, but for the benefit of those who haven't, um, why don't you give us a little bit of background on the store? We it's it's in Burlingame, California. Um, it's where 
PG and I both grew up, so I mean, I spent a lot of my childhood in downtown Burlingame when it was just a podunk little town. <laughs> it's a, it's much different today since Silicon Valley exploded. But yeah, Burlingame was the the nice suburb where just people who didn't want to live in the city would live yes. in, exactly. in the pre tech world. It was just yeah. one of a number oh, yeah. of, of nice suburbs. And I I grew yeah. up in pre tech San- world. I grew up in San Carlos, which was like Mayberry comparatively. So we yeah. ventured out yeah. to San Mateo and Burlingame and Burlingame was very popular. Yeah. 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 And I had grandparents in Belmont and San Carlos and we used to spend, especially with my grandparents in Belmont, we spent a lot of time in downtown Burlingame. And uh, what's that bakery across the street from you guys? Um, the, Danish um, the one right across the street from Topper is the cakery, but the famous one is Copenhagen. Thank yeah, you. Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And that used to be just one tiny little store. And now they've expanded out. I think, I mean, it's huge now. It's like two or three stores wide. So. And I think La Pinata is gone, right? R.I.P. La Pinata. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a very, very famous, popular Mexican restaurant that we miss. Yep. Yes. Yep. So Burlingame is of the place where uh, our, our, is the only existing Topper Jewelers. It's been, uh, Topper Jewelers has been in the same location, 1315 Burlingame Avenue, since 1991. But that's really not the origin of Topper. And we're going to uh, be talking about a project that sort of daydreams back a little bit on, you know, j- just sort of, Daydreams back on the previous era of Topper. So Topper was started in 1940 by the Topper brothers. In the very late 40s, it was sold to my great uncle. Uh, my gr- in the stores were stores in Modesto and Merced. So for those listening that aren't from Northern California, when you think of Modesto, the most famous iconic image of Modesto, especially around that time period, is the Ron, I'm sorry, the Francis Ford Coppola movie, American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. So a real true Americana town, you know, drag racing, uh, <laughs> big ag- agriculture business. Topper uh, Jewelers had stores in downtown uh, Modesto and then later Merced. Um, my father went to work for my grandfather in the early 60s. Uh, my brother went to work for uh, my my father in the early 80s. I started working there around 2000. Around that time, we were winding down sort of the Modesto Merced operations of Topper uh, and really focusing on uh, the Burlingame store. And uh, my father passed in 2013, uh, and my brother and I have uh, ran the store ever since. So Topper is a family-owned store. Uh, my, my brother and I are there every day. Uh, we've got an amazing team at Topper. Uh, we're incredibly lucky to have some really w- just wonderful, caring staff to help people with their purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are mainly known, I think, in the watch world in for, for com- our collaborations that we do and the brands that we feature. Uh, but we also have a jewelry store, uh, too. And our, I'd say that's probably more local business than you know, things that people would think about out of the area. Right. And you did mention previously that you are taking appointments only. So you, you're oh, yes. not officially open, but you're seeing everyone who calls to um, get right. an appointment. And yes. it's working out really well for all the locals and anybody calling in. Yes. So, or people that are visiting the Bay Area from out of the area. Um, so Topper, uh, like everywhere else, in, in March, we we physically shut down the store. We were e-com only for several months. 
doing phone sales and e-com. Um, and right around May, June, we reopened uh, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 5, doing appointments. So we, uh, we do take same-day appointments, but just, you know, for the safety of our staff, we just want to make sure that uh, we can have everything in control. That the, the, You remember you know, Topper seeing these huge packed watch the Bay events, um, (laughs) having like, you know, 70, 80 people in our store. Um, right now we're trying to limit it to five or six people at a time, Mm -hmm. uh, scheduling out appointments beyond that. Um, and just trying to get through, uh, trying to get through it and give people as good an experience as we can and, you know, keep it safe for everybody. Now you guys were already, Prepare. I mean, you were prepared for this because you've had an e-commerce presence for a long time, and I think that's what's that's why a lot of our listeners have probably heard of you guys. You're very well known in the watch community. Um, you have a huge. So I mean, literally half the store is watches, and right. And you you've got all and it runs the gamut from Casio up to Grand Seiko and Blancpain. I mean, you kind of catered it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mount Mosier. And you guys kind of you cater to every to every type of watch collector. Um, so I'm assuming that this is I mean, obviously, retail has been hit really, really hard with all this. But has that helped you guys already having that presence and having, you know, a lot of customers and fans that have been buying from you in that fashion for quite a while? I, I assume that's helped you guys out. Oh, absolutely. And um, we're incredibly grateful for the support we've had from uh, the community uh, since uh, the shutdown started. And especially, I think at the beginning in like Feb, in like March, April, I mean, we would have customers calling to buy things practically just because they just really wanted to just help out and get something, it seemed, just as much as wanting mm-hmm. the item. And so, you know, all the years we've spent you know, on watch forums, sponsoring watch forums, all the events that we've done, all the special editions that we've done. I felt like, I mean, we haven't had a new release come out in 2020. So, you know, what we've been selling has been, you know, since COVID started has been, you know, the, you know, products of, of our partners and people have been very, very kind to us. And so we, we feel incredibly, incredibly fortunate and I think without this kindness, we wouldn't be in a position to be talking about, you know, both the project we'll, we'll be talking about later and the really fun philanthropy part that we'll be talking about. So, yeah, I think um, that's, we're, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. We're, oh, go ahead. We're, we're, we're just, <laughs> we're, we're just, in, we're, sorry, dramatic pause, but we're, 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 we're incredibly grateful that the community has supported us as much as they have, because I, I think it's going to enable us to become a much more, you know, interesting place as, as, as we transition to next year. Wow. That's awesome. And it, I mean, the watch collecting community, it just, it is a very tight community anyway. And the fact that you guys have such a great presence out there, that's, that's awesome to hear that your customers have, have been there for you guys as well. And with, with the right, shutdown, absolutely. it's, there's a little tiny bit more time for the, the store to possibly think of what can we do? You know, we're shut down, um, we're doing our normal phone business, e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had a little bit of time to think about philanthropy, of course. And mm-hmm. that's something we're going to talk about today in a little bit more detail. So um, would this be a good time to qu- um, ask you if you have anything planned for that? 
Oh, the the philanthropy part. Yes. Yep. Um. Well, yes. Um. So, uh, the day that this goes live, we'll be announcing uh, the Oris Diver sixty five uh, Topper Edition Maxi, which is the official name of of our second Oris Diver sixty five Limited Edition. And what's so incredibly exciting about this project is um, we were able to make a donation of $100 per watch. There are 165 watches. And then we were able to get a local bank, uh, which is uh, an amazing bank um, that also helped us uh, tremendously during the start of, uh, of the COVID shutdown, um, uh, Fremont Bank. Um, which has also stepped up and is also matching our donation and donating $100 per watch. So together, uh, we're donating $33,000 to Curiodicy Museum, which is, uh, as I understand it, a museum you guys are both intimately familiar with. Yes. Um, in, in sponsoring, um, is we're the two title sponsors of taking one of their most beloved modern exhibits, which is an indoor exhibit called Illuminodicy, which is an exhibit that teaches children all about light and converts an indoor exhibit into an outdoor exhibit, um, which is the only way that these things can be really experienced right now during you know, the, the current state of San Mateo County due to COVID-19. And that, that's going to be really interesting because you're taking you know, light, this exhibit, which is all about light. Yeah, light, color, And, and bringing shape. it outside. And that's, I know it's going to be challenging, but... Um, I, I do want to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the actual watch itself, but before we do that, sure. let's, let's let our listeners know what this, what this place is all about and, and I'll just quickly kind of set the stage. So you've Great. got, um, the, the San Francisco Bay area, you've got Burlingame where you guys are at, which is maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes South of, of San Francisco, maybe even a little bit less. Um, and then across the freeway, across the 101 freeway, there's a place called Coyote Point. And Coyote Point has been around, yet you have to kind of go online for our listeners that want to learn the history. It's got a really interesting history. Yeah, It used to be an island. It did. It used to be an island. There was a swampy marshland that separated it from the mainland here um, in the Bay Area. But really neat park. For me, it's got great memories because my family used to have our our family picnics there every year. And so... um, there's a, a museum there. It used to just be called Coyote Point Museum, and well, now it's actually the the Coyote Point Museum for environmental ed, environmental yep. ed- education. And it was it was a place where every school kid, if you lived in the Bay Area, starting in probably 1970 or perhaps a little yep. bit earlier, I'd have to dig for the actual opening date. But it was a museum that everybody went to for field trips. So, so I, I believe Rob, you also went there as a kid. Yeah, I went to summer camp there, yep. and um, I think we did a field trip too. But my um, my mom would always take me too, so I, I probably went there forty, fifty times as a kid. Yeah, we my, all my my yeah. my, my parents <laughs> had season passes, and oh, that's great, that's great. Well, and you take your kids there. I do, and that's what really uh, made me think of doing it. Was um, you know I. I have a daughter who's on our uh, our Instagram channel. She has her own highlight. Uh, you know, my my watch forum nickname is Robert Topper, so she has a highlight Emma at Topper, <laughs> and um, you can see photos of her from the time she's uh, six months old until 
you know, until basically yesterday <laughs> and, uh, you know, just interacting at the store. Uh, she's doing most of her work remotely probably since March, but, uh, she's, uh, she's got all these really uh, cute videos, uh, uh, on our site and little, little pictures. But anyway, it was really, uh, you know, over the summer when we would take her to see her favorite thing there, which is definitely the otter. She, there's an <laughs> amazing otter exhibit, which I really like a lot more than the San Francisco otter exhibit because mm. it's like a cutaway. So you get to see the otter swimming and on land. Um, whereas in San Francisco zoo, you're kind of looking down at the otters. Right. You really can't see the grace from, from which they swim because it's, because you're you're like on the level of them, like three feet deep in the water, and just watching them gracefully swim around. But anyway, Emma loves the otter, and it was <laughs> it was right after we personally sponsored an animal as a family that I thought, you know, we should really we've been so lucky and so supported. We should really see if we could do something for this museum because, I mean, there was there's just so few places that you can take kids right now that right. have any educational benefit mm -hmm. and, and everyone's doing school from home in our County. And I just, and I was just thinking if we could support the museum, it would be great. And the museum has been incredibly receptive and um, I'm really excited to talk about that exhibit in a little more detail about, you know, what we think is going to happen. Great. Yeah. And getting kids out and getting the, the parents out is really therapeutic right now and not only is it educational but it's fun for mm -hmm. everybody yeah so, absolutely so what what absolutely. as a kid what was your what let's talk about our favorite exhibits how about how about that okay so i love two things that i can clearly remember uh, when i was a kid there um so when you when you walk through uh the exit of curiosity you can see this huge tube and that tube, I think, is still is the exit ramp for a huge like glass beehive that they used to have. So they had this huge beehive that you could just walk up to, and God, they had thousands of bees in this thing. And we, I just remember, remember those, yeah. just watching them trying to find the queen, which was not easy with a six-year-old mind. <laughs> but um, um, but um, you know, I I I loved that um, and. I also remember they had this huge like pyramid that talked about what like one of the the falcons, uh, which was I think the one of the natural uh, birds of prey that lived in San Mateo County mm -hmm. would eat, and in the it was like this huge pyramid with the fal with a stuffed falcon, not like a real falcon, but like a like a uh, like a, a stuffy like a stuffed animal yeah. falcon mm -hmm. flying above it, and it and the pyramid represented like every animal that this falcon would you would eat in a year. And it was like stuffed animals of like mice and snakes and it was engulfers. And I just, I just loved, I loved looking at this thing. So it, I, I love this museum because it, what it, it's not like a, like it's not filled with like glorious exotic animals, but it was filled with the animals that you would see. Like if you went walking, you know, by the Creek or, or mm -hmm. like the canyons of Burlingame yeah, or water dog Lake the, or yeah. yeah. Exactly, Water Dog Lake. It's filled. It's filled with the the animals of the peninsula, and it really gave a kid an You know, just just a snapshot of of what their environment was like. That's and, a really good um, point because the like the falcon exhibit, the Perig I think it's the peregrine falcon. Mm -hmm. We had one. I worked at the airport for about ten years there, 
in aircraft maintenance and we had a, a falcon that was nesting so it's a protected bird so when you see the animals that like you said you saw in the museum they were natives right around, all around us and mm -hmm. it was just really special did you, pg did you have a favorite exhibit um i always liked the i know they brought in animals that couldn't be re released because wildlife you can't keep in you know as a pet of course but i used to remember they'd get in like baby raccoons and I, you know, a baby, the little tiny baby raccoon, they're pretty cute. I mean, they're, they're fierce and we have to protect our livestock from, from grown raccoons, of course. But right. as a kid, you know, the raccoons were, they were so adorable. And we had a neighbor when we lived in San Jose, probably about 15 years ago. And she, across the street was um, a gal who she was a docent back in the day. And she said they had some baby raccoons in for a while. And I think they were eventually going to be released, but it was, they were working with the, um, the Coyote Point Animal, the Wildlife Center right mm -hmm. there next to the entrance. And she said they had them all locked up in their habitat and locked the doors, went home. They got there first thing in the morning and those raccoons had figured out how to unlock mm -hmm. that habitat and they got out <laughs> and destroyed the room oh, <laughs> like she said she walked in and it was like animal house <laughs> so she said those little Rocking cute kegger. oh yeah, exactly <laughs> she said it was the funniest thing ever because it's like these innocent little you know raccoons and they just destroyed they, well they i mean those they can open pretty much anything right I mean, oh, they, yeah. can, they figure it out it's, it's funny you say that because they they have um they have these cams that show um so it's not only like uh, an environmental museum it's also a functioning live zoo mm -hmm. so um mm -hmm. you know there, there there are exhibits of different animals and they have live cams of different exam animals and and there is a raccoon exhibit and they have four adult raccoons um <laughs> that are there and one of my early ideas was there well Watching a, a live cam of a raccoon during the day isn't really all that exciting because you said, as you know, as your story points out, the, the raccoon fun really starts at night. So <laughs> I had this idea of, well, what if we had like a raccoon, like a nocturnal raccoon cam? And so creating a, a camera for raccoons that the raccoons couldn't access and destroy through their cleverness <laughs> was, was would practically have cost almost as much as a Luminodicy. So. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Nowadays, not so much. This, my story was pre-cameras. I mean, we were. Yeah. This was. Yeah. This was like probably eight, late, late seventies or eighties. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, we have a, a camera on our goose yeah. barn that works at night. So, have they got a night cam in there now? No, no, that was my idea. But they were like to set up a, rac a raccoon-proof night cam. Do you know how expensive? It would just they, be oh. so expensive. Yeah. Like you. you <laughs> It was like it wasn't the cost wasn't going to be all that different than the exciting watch related project we'd ultimately come to. Right. But, um, it, was, <laughs> it was. I mean, they're 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 feisty. Those raccoons. They are. Um, they but are. that's the thing about Curiosity is they have four adult raccoons in like in all of their animal displays. Like you walk in and you see them on one side, and it's like during the day. And if you don't see the animal then when you, mm -hmm. you can walk around behind the exhibit and you'll see the animal sleeping like in the back part in, in, their, in the zoo, which I think is really cool. Um, so it's really great to see raccoons in an unstressed environment because you're like, like you in nature, like you, you know, they're, they're fearsome, right? 
So it's, it's yeah, they're trying to eat my pets. So yeah, and... it's, it's interesting <laughs> to, to see them, you know, just, well, and if you live in the you city, know. most people live in the city, they associate yeah. raccoons see them with coming out of the sewer. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. That's such a, bizarre thing or tipping over the garbage can or you know whatever it is but it is yeah i mean that's you really hit it that's the whole point of that museum is that it it brings you closer to these um this wildlife and these animals that are all around us that most of us probably don't have a clue about right we don't understand and this museum's been doing this for you know 40 50 years i mean they've been there for so long and they've been educating kids in the bay area for for that long and it really I mean, I, I could reminisce about Coyote Point and the museum forever, but what does a watch have to do with this museum? Let's talk about that, and let's talk about the watch itself. Um, well, well, let's talk about Illuminati first for just a second, and then mm-hmm. we can kind of close the book on it and talk about the watch. Because um, So anyway, in this attempt to teach kids about you know, different elements of, of light, uh, you know, watches, of course, you know, have phosphorescence, which is really one of the, you know, principles that I think the Illuminati, the, the light exhibit teaches about anyway. And so as part of our sponsorship, they are actually going to include exhibit about watches into Illuminati. So the exhibit team is incredibly excited. We don't exactly know at 100% how they're going to do it. But I think they're, they're going to, like, ref, like, I think they might have, like, a huge, um, like, six-foot projection of, like, a watch face, like a giant, giant illumination, um, and then just some description of just how the process of, of, um, of, of, of loom works. Um, and so I, I just think it's... Um, you know, back to Emma, my daughter, this is, you know, a way to, you know, start Emma getting customers young. So, <laughs> well, there's so many different, there's such a legacy of different looms dating back, you know, to the beginning. So, right. Well, and the, the, I mean, yeah. the, the actual Illuminosity exhibit, it sounds amazing. I mean, the, and I, mean, I sent you some pictures of it. You uh, did. Uh-huh. Of, and, of, of the indoor exhibit. It looks beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Like kids get to walk around like with, with multicolored lanterns, um, they see, I, I just think it's gonna, it, it should be really great. And it's not just going to be in the zoo area. Um, they're going to expand it a little bit closer to the water. So I, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, but I, I just think um, I'm just really excited to be, to be part of it, to be, you know, creating just some, place where people can take their mind off of things and you know kids can learn something i just think you know there's i i just think we're just so lucky to have found ourselves into this project so well and it's close by too i know um back in the day before the exploratorium moved out of the palace of fine arts that was also another Mm -hmm. place to go but that's that was a little bit of a effort to you know to get into the city into the marina but yeah um, i mean as the as the as the peregrine, peregrine falcon flies, it's probably a mile and a half. From the so. <laughs> you're, you guys are very close to it. Yeah. And having something that local, I mean, you're literally right across the freeway. So it's, it's, it's just something that's been there for so many people for so long. I totally understand why you would want to give back and wish yeah. I could, wish we could go. When it opens yeah. uh, late November, correct? This yeah. Latest. Illuminati. Yeah. And, um, 
and we we want to have an event there and we've actually booked um this you know with the museum you know the idea of having some kind of an outdoor event there and when we feel that it's safe to do so the, it's gonna the event's gonna run into the the early winter um if we're we're, we're gonna probably try to stall it out just so it's a little safer right um, hoping that hoping that things will improve a little bit but we really do want to have some kind of a, a watch the bay style event where people can, you know, with their watch friends, you know, walk the exhibit. I think that would be fun. That would and, be very cool. And there's less wind out there in the winter too. There is. Definitely. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So That's yeah. true. That's a little, true. little blessing there. So, so now let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about that watch. The yeah, yeah so enough just... of this museum. And stuff. <laughs> oh no, we. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like reel myself in. You know, yeah. all these memories. So, and... um, so, very excited about this watch. Um, are you guys familiar with the first Diver 65 Topper Edition that we did from 2016? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Now that was the so, anniversary. Um, edition Sorry? correct that was for an a- your anniversary correct no the, no so in 2015 we did a, a vermont watch and we did a nomos that were for the 75th oh, okay, anniversary okay. of Sorry. Topper. Sorry. and those were the first two limiteds we ever did yep and so what made this watch incredibly special um to me and a watch that i think um is probably the most important one that, that we've done in terms of its influence on other projects was we didn't really make this watch about us at all. Instead, we were just trying to take an existing dive watch that was really awesome, which was the 2015 Oris Diver 65, and then come out with a version that we felt like really spoke to a lot of the feedback that we heard from collectors and would be really interesting to them. And this watch really wasn't about Topper at all, a referential to Topper. It was just a, a watch that, you know, we we wanted to come out with and make. And so if you looked at how it compared to the original, I mean, the biggest thing about it was it didn't have a date. So yep. um, it's the first dive watch in Oris's history that didn't have a date, which is um, even going back to the 60s, all of their pieces had dates. Um you know, the bezel of the original Diver 65 was entirely black. Uh, the, the, the watch said anti-shock on it instead of the water resistance. So when we designed the watch, we did this combination of trying to have best of breed features from the 60s. And we also tried to bring it a little bit closer to the source material. The best of breed features of the 60s would be we wanted the watch to really have that perfectly symmetrical 12693 that was completely uncut by a date wheel. So Mm -hmm. a person could look at this incredibly funky shape and it would almost be like a a Longines Legend Diver, which was, you know, the hottest watch that we had had of of that type, which was really popular maybe two or three years before that, in like 2011, 2012, where, you know, you had those for, you know, those four iconic, perfectly symmetrical numbers. And we heard customers give us the feedback about how they really liked the watch, but were sad that only the date model was available. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we combined it with some 60s features that we really liked, like 
we really like steel bezels. Um, we thought that the funky shape would look really good with a steel edge bezel as opposed to the completely black bezel, which was going away from the source material. So through this sort of mismatch of, of things, uh, we, we sort of, you know, put, we convinced Oris to make this 100-piece limited edition and it was the first of all the limited edition Diver 65s. It was before the Houdinki watch, the, the Rake Revolution watch, the Timeless watch, the, the Red Bar watch. Mm -hmm. And um, it was probably our fastest sellout that um, we've ever had. And um, kind of launched this limited edition Diver 65 genre. Um, and uh, now we're revisiting it. And... and a lot of people are going to, when they see this new watch, they're going to compare it to the original that you guys did in 2016. But there are a lot of very important differences um, in yes. terms of uh, the loom, right? And yes, that's the blacks. Right. And so talk a little bit about that. What's, right. what do you well, guys, what's people, the thought process? I hope people can compare it to the original watch yep. because um, I think that it takes a lot of the choices that we made on the original watch, the font treatment. Um, I love the, the font. <laughs> the, 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 the colored tip secondhand, the, the pip, the colored pip on the bezel, um, the, the anti-shock, the dual count, all, all, of, all of these choices that were made on the original. And it sort of reimagines in an experience of imagining the watch a sort of a, a daydream of, well, what would it be like if this thing was new in, in 1965? What would it have been like to walk into a Topper Jewelers in Modesto, California in the 60s? <laughs> what would it have been like to just walk in and pick this thing up? Um, not a pure daydream, because there are things about it. I mean, I mean a pure daydream, but not like a literal, a, a literal um, like recreation of something uh, because this thing didn't exist in the 60s. Um, but to also differentiate it from the original and also to provide something for everyone who wanted an even bigger look, um, it's a, we've decided to make it a 42-millimeter case instead of a 40-millimeter case. Um, so it's this sort of new old stock reimagining and what would have been thought of then as a maxi case yeah. Um, we talked to James Lambden about what it would have been like to have a 42 millimeter watch in 1965. <laughs> and he said that that would have put it right there with the biggest dive watches in the world at mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. So there were maybe four or five pieces that were that big. And um, where uh, the night that your podcast goes live, we're going to be um, debuting a video with uh, James Lambden, Jason Heaton, uh, talking about sort of the genre that this fits into, which is the skin diver genre. And, you know, sort of what this daydream would have actually been like had this watch appeared in, in the 60s. Well, a larger dial is going to be better visibility if you're talking about skin diving. So I, exactly I think right. there's some practical exactly things right. there. And and with with the way the color looks and the the ceramic the high shine on that bezel it's a not not a ceramic uh, it's, oh, it's a steel this one it's a anodized aluminum bezel yeah wow i mean it's got some, it's, it's beautiful got gorgeous shine on it because all i have is the the pre-embargo photo so <laughs> right it's uh right 
but the the so, texture and surface you know it matters in color I, I studied color theory in college so if you have a matte with a patina black that's going to look different than a super high shine um you know surface for even a color like black which technically is not you know it's a, a lack of color in the in the color spectrum but um and this is a really deep black i mean it, it's the way that orange sets off against it, I mean, obviously our listeners will be able to see this uh, on your website, but, um, and then talk a little bit about the loom. Cause that's a big, big difference from, from the 2016 right. watch. Especially since the right. exhibit so, is about yep. the luminosity. Exactly. So every, every diver 65 that has come out since 2015 has been what I like to call the found treasure genre of loom. So if you look at it in the day, for, I mean, the, the actual glow, I think, is a secondary factor to the the look during the day. And right. that look during the day is the look of found treasure. Yeah. Like, like, here's this watch, this funky, fun watch with these bold numbers. Um, I think this this is a style that was probably invented in t- the, the year before. Um, Universal Genève had a, had a had a watch that that also had similar. 12693 nine, like like big blocks of loom and then the and then the actual numbers are just the dial so that the, the the dial is framed by the loom um and you know um, imagining it as as white and fresh as possible and what we've discovered doing other limited editions is if you're going to have a watch that looks as white as possible and and sort of simulates what aged radium would have looked like when it was brand new, when it was perfectly white, the best loom to use for it is BGW-9 loom, which glows blue. And this would have been c- complete an anachronism to 65. So we asked James Lambden, would it have even been possible that there would have been blue loom in the 60s? And he said, probably not. So... It's, so that aspect of it is just a little bit of a daydream of, of just sort of imagining this like, you know, torch-like loom in uh, the way those numbers look um, in a night shot. It just, it's really cool looking. Um, the other thing is Oris has never done a 42 millimeter watch that has the 12963 dial. They've all been circular markers. And so what's interesting about this watch is the crystal is because it has that curved acrylic crystal, mm-hmm. the light, ref- the light refraction is just a different experience than everyone who's been looking at this watch in 40 millimeters. Um, it's a little bit easier to see all four Arabic numbers at the same time without having any of them distort. So I think that all of these things really make you think about, like you were saying, color theory makes you think about eras. Um, one of the things that I think is attractive about it is 2020 is such a hard year in so many ways. It's just so nice to be able to daydream back to another time. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the, the big appeals of this watch. It's um, it just It just lets you just sort of imagine you know, sort of the birth of dive watches a little bit. Well, we're looking back to good times and it's just going to, you know, depending on the era that you're looking at as it progresses, we, you know, it kind of gives you some uh, good ideas for 
you know, getting past 2020, hopefully, and using that same uh, innovation and just looking back and being being inspired by earlier eras because it's, uh, I kind of look at, at watches like artwork. So these are all creations that, that represent an era. And, right. and you're sort of creating your own now with the influences of the past. Yeah, I feel like the Blue Loom definitely st- sort of st- gives it that this is a 2020 reimagining feeling yeah. of it. And yeah. so, you know, I think it's that's important is is we're not trying to take a time machine back to 65. We're sort of trying to more make sort of more like a statement about how, you know, just how we should feel about the past in different years. Well, yeah, and it's it's almost like what what would the watch look like if Oris just released it today? Right? Exactly. And, and they'd be exactly. using modern loom like BGW9 mm-hmm. and because the whole point of loom is it should last as long as possible in the dark whereas you mentioned it before the the trend that we've seen over the last few years that people love but that doesn't serve the purpose quite as well um as as what uh, this type of watch was intended is the that kind of vintage loom look it looks great during the day but it doesn't last or glow as well at night and i love the fact you know rob this actually kind of reminds me the approach you took here Reminds me of mm-hmm. the approach you took with, uh, what was it, the um, the White Wolf, the Zodiac limited edition mm-hmm. that you guys did, right? Mm-hmm. Where it had right. the the same. But this blocky... is a little different than that because the whole, I mean that you, I mean that used BGW nine loom too, but that was that watch was all about bezel fade. So the the White Wolf was a was a design that we were taking a watch that had blue loom and imagine the bezel fading to a sort of dove white right and then color matching around it so the big difference between this piece and that piece is we're not we're not starting with any aged aspect of the piece yep um and i think that's appropriate for this watch because when we designed the first one it was we were literally started working on that watch like like within a day of seeing that watch in Basel world of 2015. I mean, we started working on sketches and mock-ups and colors and, and the very long process of, you know, convincing Oris that, you know, this was a good idea. I mean, we started working on that, on that right away. But at the time, I think for the whole watch community, it was found treasure. But now, now that it's been out, you know, for, for four or five years, it's nice to sort of have a new twist on it or a new reimagining of it. Yep. What I want to point out here for our listeners is that there's a lot of organizations out there that'll do limited editions. And a lot of times what it means is a retailer or a blog or someone will will stamp their name on the case back and and that's a quote limited edition. But Rob, the way you get you really you guys put a lot of thought into how you do these and it's so evident with this new one. I mean, I, I my my guess is it's going to sell just as quickly as as uh, as the 2016 model. I mean, it's just it's such a good looking watch. You guys put a lot of thought into it. Um, Thank you. So, how many are going to be made? So 165. 165. Um, okay. And that's a perfect number because a um, we really thought that because the first one sold out so fast and sort of the tent of Topper Limited has grown so much. I mean, the Topper Ninja the 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 Seiko that we did was like a 500 piece limited. So the number of people 
we have following top or limited has grown so much than then i mean we we need to we need to make more um but this quantity enabled us to you know have that sort of symmetrical donation that allowed us to sponsor curiosity and uh it also let us have a cute uh you know tie into the original watch from 65 yeah. um, which would have been the 25th anniversary of topper so uh, so in a way, uh, we would not, we, we don't want to make anniversary watches anymore. So if, if we did, it would be a, like, technically this is the 80th anniversary of Topper. So right. the only way we would want to make one is by sort of imagining the, what, what we would, you know, some like weird fourth dimensional 25th anniversary. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, and what's, what's the retail going to be on it? Um, so the basic 42 millimeter Diver 65 retails for 2300. Um, the rubber strap, which this comes with, is 150 dollars. So it's going to be 2450, which is the the same retail as the metal bracelet Diver 65 with the rubber strap. Wow, that's awesome! And it, you, this comes with, with bracelet and the strap, right? Comes with bracelet and Tropic yeah. style strap. Very cool. Very cool. And I've, um, I'm wearing, I don't know if we're doing a wrist check or not, but I, I'm wearing the original Diver 65 and, um, you know, for sort of spirit for this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I've only worn mine on the Tropic Strap. So I, I love it on the Tropic Strap. I'm, I'm actually wearing my Oris Aquas that you helped get yes, as a surprise for me. The white one with <laughs> right. the ceramic. And this is a ceramic bezel on this yeah. one. And I love it. Yeah. And that loom is fantastic. I wear this watch a lot. You wear that constantly. I do. I yeah. do switch it's to other watches, looking, but great looking um, piece. I wore this one to the ER last night when I <laughs> had a little in, you know, a little issue, little issue with smoke <laughs> with forest fires. But um, yeah, no, this is a it's a fantastic piece. It's so beautiful to look at. Well, and... your pitch is perfect. You'd never know. That oh, you were... thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, that you were battling Beijing Air for the past. Oh, yeah, right. Gosh, and I've seen that. <laughs> or actually, Beijing X three Air because yeah. um, like. It's it's been a lot worse than than, than typical, you know, ch challenged air city. It's I, no, I, we've it's never, I mean we always get the you know the smoke up here from we get the a forest couple fires, weeks every but year. oh my gosh, I mean it's been since early August and it's been just solid. And if you look at not to digress too much, but you look at the numbers from uh, purple, the purple I air, use purple air, and uh, you know 200, 300, That's like become the norm. Oh, it's, it's up, it's crazy. up that high. Uh, we're here, around yeah. 200 we've like, been between oh, two wow. and three we're for the last six weeks 150 and 200 so it's but you yeah, look at ground we've been having a lot 120 140 days in burlingame i mean today yeah. it's under 50 thank god oh. but um but we've been we've we we've had a lot we've had a lot of you know more days than not it's been over 100 yeah wow well, let's let's just all keep our fingers crossed that For when some rain. the luminosity opens up, the yeah. smoke yeah. will be gone. Yeah, I'm sick of it. Hmm. Well, anything else that our listeners need to know? They're they'll be able to go to your website, topperjewelers.com, mm -hmm. on right? Friday. On Friday, which yes, this the, is the pre the pre order should be open. Um, um, you guys have been to, have you both been to our Watch the Bay events or or on? I don't um, think PG has never been. I to have one, not I think. because I think at the time okay. I was in chemo, but yeah. I, I know. But you I've been have. to a couple okay. of them, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so w I think we're going to have on Friday evening at six o'clock. We're going to have 
a, a watch the bay virtual zoom event sort of you know celebrating the watch and, and i think the plan is to debut a video uh showcasing uh the watch the video that i was talking about before so um it, and it should be available on instagram tv also um but um no i mean i'm just excited about it i'm excited that uh I'm, I'm so excited that you guys have such a personal connection to Curiosity. I think I know, that's for Coyote, Coyote Point Museum. I remember the first time I heard it was called Curiosity and not Coyote Point Museum. I was like, what? what uh, why? You know, is that I new? Mean, that is was, that a different like, building? Like, <laughs> yeah. What do, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place. Um, uh, Dagbert, who is a big, uh, you know, incredibly important uh you know, on the watch bit Northern California scene. He, he does bike races in, um, on at Coyote point, uh, people play golf there, people go there just to watch the planes land, um, for, for SFO it, it people watch the windsurfers and the kite oh, borders. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. just such a cool spot. And, um, and if, and if we're going to try to have, you know, an event in 2020, I, I, I mean, there's no better, breezier out, outdoor space that oh, I can yeah. think of. They have multiple yeah. camp, like daytime yeah. campgrounds with picnic tables. And those trails go all, all down the peninsula. We used to ride our bikes, our mountain bikes on them. And mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing place that a lot of us know of. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's a great place. And I love what you're doing with the partnership with the museum. It'll always be the Coyote Point Museum <laughs> to me, but with, yeah, with curiosity, okay. <laughs> it, it's such a neat partnership. And, and again, you guys have put a lot of thought into this. So, um, yeah, and, you... and we're very grateful to Fremont Bank, um, for helping Fremont Bank is generally known, uh, known as an East Bay bank mm -hmm. and, um, they're really expanding their, uh, their footprint in the Bay Area to the peninsula, um, opening branches, and I think I think they opened one in Mountain View, and they're planning on opening one in San Mateo. And so, wow. for a bank that doesn't even have that big a presence where this um, museum is, we're just incredibly grateful to them for uh, for helping us uh, matching our contribution and helping us make this, this, uh, sponsorship happen. So Man, uh, that's awesome. good, good, good on, so good on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and keeping this museum open is so important right now because we lost so many parks with the yeah. last fire up on along skyline there and to the, the ocean. I mean, all the campgrounds we used to camp in when we were first burned. married are, yeah. they're gone. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of their, Absolutely. their wildlife centers at each campground are probably gone. So that was, that was a taste of the Santa Cruz mountains right down in the middle of, of you know, the peninsula. So yeah. I think keeping things like that open now are more important than ever with small businesses closing. And, you know, it's, we, we have to keep this kind of stuff, keep this history. So I agree more. Uh, well, I, I mean, I can't believe it. We're actually approaching 50 minutes. Uh, the time always flies when we have a fun guest on. What else? Oh, thank is, you. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about the the watch or the your organization, the store? I mean, that we've talked a little bit about what you guys are and and uh, your your Watch the Bay meetups, where that store gets packed with with <laughs> crazy watch fans. You've had grants. You've had uh, master watchmakers from Grand Seiko. You've had. Uh, you know, famous stars there. I mean, just all kinds of fun stuff. Hopefully that'll all come back, but um, anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with uh, in terms of the store or your projects? 
Um, yeah, so I think that, so Oris is a limited edition that we're doing with an existing partner. Um, the last limited edition that we did was with uh, Laco, and that was a watch that we did where we really just wanted to do a watch that was a specific sort of concept, and they were the, the best ones to make it. Um, so I'm just going forward. Um, don't be surprised if we if we look again to new new places for inspiration to, to do limited editions that are that are mm. beyond our profile. So I think we have four projects that are currently in the works. So um, expect to see a lot of releases from Topper over the next uh, six months and probably more than than one uh, by well, probably two more by January, February and possibly three. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and it's just going to have just another great excuse to have you back on the show. <laughs> and I love oh, hearing about you. I love hearing about the, the you know, people giving to an organization or a charity that gives back to people. And yep. I, I'm um, a little bit involved in animal rescue and fostering. So I, I love hearing stories like this to yeah. hear about anything okay. where you're giving back. And um, that's that's my passion aside from watches. Yep. So. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> So for any of our listeners, uh, especially if you're in the Bay Area, but if you ever come out and visit, um, obviously until the store reopens, give Rob a call um, at Topper. You can go to topperjewelers.com, get their phone number, give Rob a call. The watch, I mean, you could spend so much time in there. The watches are phenomenal. From like I said, from G-Shock and and uh, and um, Seiko to Grand Seiko, and I think you you guys have uh, Glashuta Original, right? And Hamilton, lunch. Yeah, I mean, plus, just all kinds of Glasuta, and and of course our anchor brand is Omega. I mean, we have yep. one of the biggest Omega displays uh, of any independent dealer. Yeah, so. it, it really is. If you like watches, there's not many better places to go um, to see just so many great brands and and uh, and talk to some folks that really know. I mean, that's that's the one thing I've always loved about coming down there and talking to you, Rob, is that you really have a passion for watches. Uh, a lot of jewelry stores you go in and no one has a clue about the watches in their cases. You guys, it's a focus and it's why you're so well known within the community. And I just highly suggest that any of our listeners that haven't been there, get over there, call Rob and go check out what they've got. It really is incredible. I got my Grand Seiko there. We got, you know, PG, we got your, uh, your Oris there. So many great. We have the same Grand Seiko. Yeah, we do. Oh. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's the um... I got um, that was the Grand Seiko. Uh, we're talking about the Kirazuri SBGA three eight seven. That mm-hmm. was the watch that I got um, to celebrate the birth of Emma. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the one we saw the prototype of in yep. Las Vegas at Couture Time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's such watch. a beautiful watch. It really is. I, I mean, Grand Seiko, and until you've until you've seen one and actually held it and and looked at it under a loop. It's hard to understand what amazing pieces they are, but uh, that's just one of the the amazing brands that you guys carry. So, Rob, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we know you got a football game to go check out. Oh, yeah, you, I did. Go Niners. Oh, <laughs> go Niners. Oh, PG, oh did you have something else you wanted well, to cover real j- quick? Just that it's so exciting to hear about that you're giving back to something that's been such a huge part of all of our lives personally, yep. and that something like this will stay. You know, it'll, it'll help it be there for future generations who 
you know, are going to get the chance to go there and learn exactly. and have memories. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're again, we're, we wouldn't be able to do anything if it wasn't for the community. So we're just, again, incredibly grateful. Awesome. Well, Rob, thanks again so much for being on the show. Uh, go watch your football game and uh, we will, uh, we'll <laughs> definitely have you back on soon to talk about future projects and hopefully we'll be able to see you soon, buddy. We, we, we miss uh, coming down. Yeah. Thank you so much. And hopefully uh, again, you know, big, big, big watch events at top or will, will, will happen again someday. So awesome. uh, thank you so Excellent. much for having me. Awesome. Great, right. great to be on the show. Take care. All right. Take care. And there you have it. Uh, what a, what a fun time with Rob. Wasn't that great? Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what do you think about the watch? I mean, I'm excited. It's it's larger than the last one. It is. So it is larger. It's you know for some folks that might be a turnoff. I, for me, it's not. It's uh, 42. I still think is a fantastic size for a diver, and it's got all the the vintage nods, the the loomed up three six nine twelve. That's and, what I love about it. Is like he said, it's sort of like finding the watch in a chest or a you know, somewhere hidden and you would pull it out and what would it look like if it were brand new? Like released, yeah, exactly. if it were released today, what, how would it, how would the looks change and how would the design be updated for today? Yeah, and I I love what they've done. I mean, they they moved away from the vintage loom on their their first one to the the modern. um, Blue. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. the blue S, what is it? um, BGW9 blue loom and uh, which I that's my favorite loom, Mm -hmm. you know, over the green. And that's on my Aquas. Yeah, like yeah, and it's that's what it, Rolex brands their own, but that's essentially what they do. It's a it's a blue on the on the Submariner, but uh, and I also like the orange, yeah, uh, tips the accents, yep, the or and the orange pip on the bezel. I think that's yeah, really I mean, nice because a lot of those bright neon colors are in the Illuminati exhibit, so mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect way to to show that along with all the shine on the black, which it looks like ceramic. It's so shiny. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great story, the way that he's partnered with the museum. And that was, just, that was so much fun. It brought back so many memories. Oh, I know. I mean, I mean, I, I literally, when we were talking to Rob in my head, I was seeing my dad riding my skateboard down one of the pathways during our family picnic and falling and breaking his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was literally seeing well, that I, in my head. <laughs> I just remember all the bee stings, but I oh, mean, got, someone got stung every year yeah. at our picnic. Yeah. Yeah. And and you even had a work picnic there while we were still living there when we were first married. Yep. You had a big company picnic, so it's 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 a landmark and it, it is. You see it when you come in flying into San Francisco Airport. Yeah. And you see it when you're driving on the highway. At least you used to see it. There's a lot of big buildings now, but it's it's definitely a local landmark and everybody's been there and everyone's every kid has gone to that museum. I can oh, man, that's I can such a great I can just museum. see all the dark wood in my you know, when I think, mm-hmm. close my eyes and think back, it's, you know, it it's, brings you back. So it's, it, it it's wonderful that that's going to be something that is being focused on to preserve for future because it's been there so long. And Yep. Yep. And just what a neat way to incorporate the watch, the, this, this partnership and the watch into the exhibit with, with, you know, loom on a, on a watch. I mean, it really is, it's a perfect, I think it's a marriage made in heaven in terms of this, this piece and Topper Jewelers and, with their history, it just well, it's awesome, and it's not over the top. Mm-mm. Some Mm-mm. sometimes you'll you'll see a benefit where it's absolutely, you know, they would make the whole entire watch neon orange. But this is just it's staying with the style of Oris, but looking at 
you know, looking at history, looking at modern watches, and just bringing in a little bit to set it off from the other pieces. Yeah, so well, and, you know. and what I love is that, it's, you know, he really emphasized this is not about about topper jewelers, you know, um, advertising themselves, really. I mean, it's, 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 there was, this was almost a labor of love, right? They, mm -hmm. they have a great partnership with Oris and the fact that they could then get involved with the museum is just what a great way to, to do a watch release. So I can't wait to see it. It's going to be neat. And I'm sure they're going to sell out very quickly, just like their Limited first one did. Editions. Yeah. And it, guys, if you're ever flying into SFO, and you're got to be on the left side of the plane mm -hmm. to see it. You'll see right before, kind of right before you touch down. It's it's maybe a minute before you touch down on the left hand side. You look down. There's this just huge outcropping of of trees, and that's Coyote Point. Mm -hmm. You'll probably see, you'll wind see surfers, windsurfers, kite surfers. Um, you'll see a little marina. So next time you fly into SFO and you're on the left side of the plane, look out and you will see exactly what we we're talking about. And that's where the museum's been since the late '60s. Yeah, it, they changed names, but it's the same museum. So now it makes me want to go. I know. As stressful as it is sometimes to drive to the Bay Area, <laughs> now I want to go down just to well, go to the museum. Well, we've got a lot of fun. All of our family is all still there, so. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, that that was a blast. Uh, yeah, huge I, thanks to Rob for yeah. reaching out to us to do this because it's just been, I've been thinking about it ever since we, you know, he emailed like, wow, the Coyote Point Museum. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So it was. Yep. No, it was fun, and and I'm looking forward to having Rob on again. He's just he's become a good friend of of ours, not just the show, but just a good friend of ours. And and uh, yeah, just it was a lot of fun. If you have not checked out the Topper Jewelers website, absolutely go go check it out. Topperjewelers.com. It's an incredible incredible selection of watches. I love going into the store. Uh, aside from like going to Vegas, where the watch selection is just crazy, I can't think of many other retail outlets on the west coast that has the kind of selection uh that topper does and they're just well you've really... got your large like tourneau types but they are they're a family-owned business that's yep. been there since before i was born yeah so they've been yeah. you know on the peninsula and and that's a privately owned store that's a family business it's so a, it's family run and they're passionate about their watches rob mm -hmm. and his brother and they're just they love watches they love what they do and again, they are taking appointments. If you want to go look at something, you see something on their the e-commerce site, give them a call and they'll they'll accommodate people. They said it's a really good experience to be able to spend more personal time with people yeah. during the pandemic. So there is a bright side. There is. And, and obviously travel is still pretty limited. But if you are planning a trip to the Bay Area, um, I highly suggest you schedule some time to go meet Rob and, and see the star. It's It really is... It's an experience. If you're a watch lover, it <laughs> truly is something that you don't want to miss if you're in this area. So, so Rob, thanks again. It was great. Um, really fun. Really awesome. fun. As always, folks, please uh, give us a rating and a review if you have a few minutes on on iTunes. Um, yeah, we're also actually oh, now on. One other thing. We're yes. on Amazon Music now, so they have a whole. If you're a member of Amazon Prime, or I don't even think you have to be a Prime member. I'm not sure how Amazon Music works. Our podcasts are all on Amazon. So we're on YouTube, all the other ones, and yep. Amazon. Yeah, I don't think there's really anywhere that we don't have, that we're not listed anymore. So Amazon so. Music was kind of the last one. We had to we had to wait a while for some. There were some restrictions. Spotify took yeah, a while. Yeah, three years ago. It wasn't, you couldn't just join it so it depended on where your podcast was and because of where our podcast is hosted on soundcloud 
they didn't have that connection, but ah. they, they were able to finally get that. So we yeah. got on Spotify last year and then YouTube early this year and now Amazon Music. So basically we're everywhere. You cannot yeah. get away and from us. And we love us. the reviews. We've gotten a lot of reviews lately. They're really fun. So, you know, tell us how you think we're doing. And, yep. you know, this is our hobby. We do this for fun. And if there's something you want to hear about, let us know. We, we I get a lot of DMs and I try to answer all of them. So, Yep. Yeah. And, and if you're interested in being one of our guests on the Love and Our Listeners Spotlight, uh, DM us on Instagram or you can email us at admin at loveandwatches.com and we'll get back to you and have a chat about uh, your collection and, you know, your background. And we'd love to have you on the show. I think that's about, that's it. about wraps it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you again so much. What a great show. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. If it weren't for you guys, we would not be here doing this. So uh, we always love talking to you. And get out there and review us. We will be review, uh, reading at least one review on the next show. <laughs> so we might even be reading uh, two or three. And if we do read your review, you're going to get some swag. So uh, definitely get out there and give us a review. And uh, you'll hear a couple of those read on the next show. Yeah. Well, again, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It was a lot of fun for us, and we're so excited about the watch. And hope you guys are all doing well, and please take care. Yep. Stay safe. Thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.